Welcome, I'm Doug Morgan, and you're listening to Uncommon Sense, where we hunt for the truth in the topics you're not supposed to talk about, Christianity and politics. The goal of this podcast has always been to allow you to understand why you believe what you believe, not just know what you believe. And in doing so, I love to bring things to you that allow you to to just look at a subject and be able to decide for yourself what you believe about that subject. And oftentimes, admittedly, it's, it's very difficult to do that without interjecting some of my own opinion <laughs> into the subject matter. Uh, but um, but that that's not the goal. And so um, there every once in a while comes an article that I just almost can't interject my own opinion into. It is there and I, I, I it's just very much what I believe. And I found one of those articles uh, here the other day. It was written by Megan Basham of the Daily Wire. And, and, and really, it basically speaks for itself. In it, she says that in July, New York City's Redeemer Presbyterian, Tim Keller's theologically conservative church, firmly embedded in the mainstream of American evangelism, quietly posted a statement to its website regarding service attendance. And this is what it says. It says, quote, individuals who are fully vaccinated are welcome to sit on the main floor of the sanctuary without social distancing and masks will be optional. Individuals who are not fully vaccinated are welcome to sit in the balcony. That's literally what it says. The language of the announcement was understated, but the import was not Redeemer Presbyterian had effectively segregated its church body based on vaccine status. (laughs) Redeemer, at least, is trusting the honor system to enforce its literally divisive policy. Anyone over 12 years of age who wants to attend Episcopal worship at St. Peter's in Rockland, Maine, or St. Luke in the Fields in New York, or even Grace Cathedral in San Francisco will have to show vaccine passports. So will anyone looking to fellowship at Atlanta's Piney Grove Baptist. Those not prepared to provide proof of vaccination will be asked to provide a doctor's note explaining why they can't get the shot. They'll also need to reserve a place in the sanctuary online and sign a waiver to enter. This is a church. Okay, I'm trying not to interject my own, okay. Oh, and and that bit about suffer the little children to come unto me, that's out too. Because the FDA has yet to provide, uh, I mean, approve COVID inoculations for youngsters anyone 11 and under isn't allowed in the building. Kids are not allowed in the building because they can't get vaccinated. It's hard to reconcile such onerous requirements with a Jesus who loves the little children, ministered to lepers, and tells the world, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. But such is religious practice in the pandemic era. When the idol of safety far outweighs any command to welcome the stranger, make disciples, or avoid partiality 
by seating some visitors in favored places. Grace Cathedral's pastor told Deseret News that even though no government regulation compelled the church to require vaccines, he ultimately wanted to emphasize health over accepted traditions, as he put it. By that, he equivalently meant traditions like those found in Romans 15, 7. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ welcomed you. <laughs> so safety is definitely much more of a thing than that, than scripture. Given how often progressive minister, ministers baptize leftist rhetoric with out-of-context Christianese, it would be easy to assume mandates are only cropping up in churches that proudly fly rainbow flags or hang Black Lives Matter banners in the sanctuaries. But that is hardly the case. No one could accuse Calvary Church in Charlotte, North Carolina, one of the largest non-denominational evangelical churches in the country, of left-leaning uh, policies or theologies, Yet last month, in a memo shared with the Daily Wire, Chief of Staff Jordan Shaw announced that for the safety of preschoolers, employees in the Child Development Center would be required to get vaccinated. His announcement minced no words, saying, for those who chose not to comply with the vaccine requirements and those who refused to disclose their decision by October 8th, we will consider that you have voluntarily resigned. Despite the fact that children face extremely minimal risk from COVID exposure, Calvary offered no exemptions for the young, female teachers, who of course made up approximately a, a half of their staff, some of whom had objections based on the new vaccine's un, still unknown long-term impact on fertility and pregnancy, the result of this gauntlet throw was dozens of families who relied on Calvary for childcare were left in the lurch due to the caregivers who quit rather than comply. Is this a joke? One mother wondered when, when told she had two weeks to make other arrangements at a time when daycares have miles-long waiting lists. How in the world can they treat us like this? She said. So much of the vaccine, so much for vaccine requirements, providing a loving Christian witness to a watching world. While the public has been busy arguing over whether individuals of faith can credibly claim a religious exemption to government or employer vaccine mandates, many churches have moved well past that stage and have already taken on an enforcer role, regardless of one's feelings on the efficacy and safety of COVID vaccines, Christians must ask whether in this unique unsettled time where the need for fellowship has arguably never been greater, God would have his shepherds draw this dividing line through his flock. Have you heard Someone say, love your neighbor, get vaccinated. Well, many of the pastors um, mandating vaccines are doing so based on Mark 12, 31, where it says, love your neighbor as yourself. 
They've been bolstered by this logic by several influential Christian thinkers. Foremost among them is Christianity Today's editor and former Ethics and Religious Liberty Center president Russell Moore and political pundit David French. Both in their constant insistent through multiple articles and podcast interviews and social media posts that neighbors love equals COVID inoculation. And they have enforced the, the sort of spiritual social credit system some churches have adopted by uh, separating vaccinated Christians from unvaccinated Christians. In an op-ed for the Washington Post, more equated believers who get the shot with friends of the paralyzed man in the Gospel of Luke, who dropped his bed through the ceiling by ropes. Similarly, he argued, evangelical Christians should join with other Christians in holding the ropes for those who are in danger of serious illness or death. What Moore's metaphor didn't grapple with is the fact that if ropes or vaccines are effective, the rope holders, the vaccinated, should face no additional danger from the ropeless, the unvaccinated. Nor did it address the fact that, like breakthrough infections, having a rope in your hand won't necessarily prevent you from falling through the roof onto someone else's head, i.e., you know, the spread of the virus. It just means you likely won't hit the ground as hard. <laughs> but if, if Moore went for a rather tortured analogy, uh, at least it was a positive one. French, for his part, has gone to an extreme negative side of things, lumping Christians who choose not to get the vaccine in with corrupt leaders and gross sexual abusers and accusing them of not knowing their Bibles. In a reference to the scandal-ridden former head of Liberty University, Jerry Faldwell Jr., and the late evangelic, uh, evangelicalist Ravi Zacharias, who has been credibly accused of rape, French wrote in the dispatch, If I'm concerned for the health of the church, then the corruption at the highest levels of the world's largest Christian university, sexual uh, predation by a arguably Christian's most influential apologist and disproportionate disregard for the health and well-being of neighbors do more harm than the worst of Joe Biden's cultural war regulations. That's what he said. Is this how one Christian shows love to others who have a different point of view on a medical issue, comparing them to depraved or abusive hypocrites? French has given believers who want to violate Romans 14 a, des a desperate uh, brothers and sisters over, over disputable matters type of thing, and no shortage of ammunition. In a separate essay in, in September, he wrote that the only reason, quote, white evangelicals, unquote, have been resistant to getting the vaccine is because of partisan politics and because they don't have much clue about any of the teachings of the church, unquote. French makes no distinction between skepticism over vaccines in general and the new COVID vaccine. And he offers no evidence that hesitant Christians are guilty of scriptural ignorance. And he just calls them that. It, is it any wonder, given French's outsizing influence uh, over 
high profile pastors and Christian leaders. I mean, as evidence, you know, all the many op-eds and interviews with Christian medias that, that want to get him on there, that so many churches feel justified in separating the less believers from the others. <laughs> in yet a third essay in August, French asked rhetorically, what does the anti-vax Christian seek? The liberty to risk both the lives of others through the physical danger of COVID and or the danger of swamping medical facilities and their pursuit of happiness. <laughs> this conclusion, this, this concluding argument was repeated ad nauseum on Twitter as a defense for mandates. Such an extreme and dangerous assertion of individual autonomy at the expense of colleagues and neighbors is not a legitimate exercise of religious liberty. I mean, we saw this all over the place, right? In making such arguments, French, Moore, and other uh, others have created a, a false moral case system, uh, or, or, you know, a type of, of uh, um, separating of, of different people into classes that puts one group in the loving and selfless category, and the other in the unloving and selfish category. At one point in their writing on the subject, they have seriously considered whether those who chose not to get the vaccine can do so unto the Lord, convinced that the, in their own minds of the righteousness of their decision and at peace with their own consciences. Yet, the possible rational arguments for delaying or refusing the vaccine are numerous. Some young women might naturally worry about the adverse effects this new treatment would have on a future of or current pregnancy. Parents of teen boys may look at the latest studies showing their higher rates of uh, mitocarditis in, in that group compared with the likelihood of their sons contacting a life-threatening case of COVID and decide that the vaccine isn't worth the risk. Adults with known heart issues might also fear the side effects of heart inflammation. Some pro-lifers may object to the fact that it was developed from fetal cell uh, lines initially obtained from an abortion. And, and of course, many may have wondered about the, the, the coronavirus and, and, and colluded concluded that based on the sound scientific evidence that they already possess all the protection the vaccine might convey, if not more, thanks to a natural immunity. All of these reasons, too, can be motivated by love. Love for an unboarded child or hope for a child or love for a young man or love for the, the family that needs you, love for the the cause of life, and yes, love for the liberty of the country that you call home. These churches are following worldly wisdom. Few pastors bring as much depth of understanding to the vaccine mandate issue as Kirk Milhon, Mil Milowen, I'm sorry, I believe how he pronounces his name, who along with shepherding a, a church in Maui, also happens to be a uh, pediatric cardiologist and was a medical missionary to Liberia, of all places, during the most 
widespread Ebola outbreak in history. He tells himself that given uh, that the vaxxed are nearly as infectious as the unvaxxed once they contact COVID, it's uh, uh, unsensational to claim that the first group is putting the second at risk. The only people who are really safe to be around, he says, are those who have recovered from COVID. They're the ones that who, who are very, very good and have very durable immunity. He explains that, quote, and that has been shown over 84 studies, unquote, that natural immunity are the ones that, that, that the ones that have natural immunity are the ones that are really the ones that are safest. Based on this, Malone believes that this love your neighbor messaging to push mandates stems not from a theological or scientific rationale, but a social one. Quote, I'm afraid the church is just mirroring our society right now, as opposed to being led by Jesus Christ. We're afraid of Facebook posts. We have become pleasers of the world as opposed to pleasers of God, he says. The driving force of this failure is shame. Quote, no disease, not even HIV, has been attached to this much shame. He says, if you get COVID, people will say things like, how did you get it? Were were you having fun? Did you go to a party? Go to church? What did you do? What, what spreading event did you go to? There's so much shame associated with it. The fear that has driven ministries to look for ways to baptize mandates with religious language comes in part, he believes, from government pressure. And he witnessed firsthand health departments inexplicably zeroing in on churches as risk spreaders. One nurse in his congregation for example, became infected while working uh, on the COVID floor. Uh, Yet health department officials insisted the man must have contracted the virus at church. Quote, they said to the nurse, do you go to church? Malone recalls, he said, he goes, I I was working on the COVID floor. The The health department still responded, well, we think you got it from church. <laughs> Malone believes government officials have focused on uh, observant Christians uh, out of a desire for control. They wanted everyone and everybody to isolate, and churches didn't want to isolate. So public health became uh, or came up against the churches and vilified them. Now the desire to prove such vilification. Uh, wrong may ironically be leading to ministries to fail to love their brothers and sisters in the faith. In a move even more liberal counterparts in the United Methodist Church have so far resisted, the International Missions Board, the IMB of the Southern Baptist Convention, recently announced that any missionaries or member of a missionary family over the age of 16 must be vaccinated against COVID. Now, this was originally 
uh, at 12 until an outcry prompted the IMB leadership to raise that threshold. Yet there is emerging evidence that for young males, the risk of heart inflammation from the vaccine is higher than the risk of COVID hospitalization. Due to research like this, four Scandinavian countries have stopped administering some COVID vaccines to younger demographics. Despite the new studies like this, the IMB has offered no exemption for teen boys or young men to its vaccine mandate. Aren't we to be a witness to the world? According to the CDC latest data, only 57% of Americans are fully vaccinated, meaning 43%, nearly 100 million people, aren't. After two years that have, uh, that have witnessed massive social upheaval, unprecedented isolation, and increasing economic uncertainty, how many of these 43% may be suddenly hearing a still small voice in the back of their minds reminding them of a long-forgotten Sunday school lesson? Perhaps a lesson about the one who offers a peace that passes all understanding. And when those people come to church and they go through church doors in search of balm for their bruised and battered souls, should the pastor's response to them be, show me your papers? What of brothers and sisters who have long gathered together as one unified body in Christ? Should these temporal disputable matters separate them, creating a caste system in God's house between clean and unclean? Romans sixteen seventeen has a warning about such behavior. Watch out for those who cause divisions and create obstacles contrary to the doctrine that you have been taught. Avoid them. As, as Phil Johnson, pastor, executive director of, of Grace to You, one of the most popular sermon um, broadcast ministries in the world, uh, told, told this, this person here that when I asked him about church vaccine mandates, this is what he said. When a congregation gathers to offer their collective praise, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus, Galatians 3.28. Any policy that creates a class of untouchables and imposes physical segregation has deliberately created a middle wall of separation in the church. It's hard to imagine anything more inappropriate or more at odds with the biblical principles of church unity and fellowship. In in a later email, he actually even added, he said, all of these rules have one thing in common. They erect barriers that hinder authentic display of biblical style love and Christian fellowship. That same uh, aberrant known uh, notion of love has consigned countless elderly people to virtual s- seclusion, and it has left multiple thousands of terminally ill people to die in isolation, cut off from their loved ones. That is not at all how Scripture says authentic love works. The New Testament book of James says religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father 
is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction, not to find as many ways as possible to to obstruct Christian fellowship and service to one's neighbors. In an article for uh, Public Discourse, three three prominent evangelical uh, enthusiasts uh, followed the uh, argument of loving your neighbor to make the argument for Christians getting vaccinated. Yet unlike French and Moore, Andrew Walker, Matthew Arbo, and C. Bennett Mitchell allowed for freedom of conscience. Despite our own convictions, they said, about the rigorous protocols to ensure safety and effectancy, they wrote, we believe that Christian liberty requires that each person be free to choose whether or not to believe these new vaccines and to receive them. And that should ultimately be the crux of the matter, don't you think? I mean, here, listen carefully because I think this is really important, that ubiquitous word science itself shows this isn't about safety so much as it's about Christians deeply embedded in the higher ranks of secular culture, burdening their fellow believers with man-made standards for Christian fellowship. It's about heaping pharisaical judgment on the body of Christ. So, so back to Romans 14. It, it contains a message that seems as applicable to COVID vaccines as it, it was during the holy days of, of dietary restrictions. It says the, the, the one who eats everything must not treat, uh, must not treat with contempt for the, for the one who does not. And the one who does not eat everything must not judge the one who does. For God has attempt has accepted them who are you to judge someone else's servant to their own master servants stand and fall one person considers one day more sacred than another another considers every day alike each of them should be fully convinced in their own minds you then why do you judge your brother or sister or why do you treat them with contempt for we will all stand before god's judgment seat so therefore, let, let us stop passing judgment on one another. Instead, make up your mind not to put any stumbling block or obstacle in the way of a brother or sister. So whoever you believe about these things, keep between yourself and God. And Milon tells uh, th- this, uh, this writer that a, as a pastor and a, and a Christian doctor, he is far more afraid of the forces trying to s- separate the church than he is of COVID or the unvaccinated. He says this, and, and, and we'll, we'll end here. He says, you know, he says, the one who goes about like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour always wants to separate us from the herd. We're much more vulnerable that way. God has called us to minister to others, and to meet together. He never called us to a risk-free fate. And I think that's really where this should end. God has called us as a church to minister to everyone. I I, I got a question the other day in, in a class I was teaching. 
and and it said, would, would Jesus wear a mask? <laughs> and I had to say, you know, I don't believe so. I don't believe he would wear a mask. Why would he wear a mask? He wouldn't wear a mask for medical reasons. He wouldn't wear a mask to a, to to identify with a certain group, you know, a, a, a political group or anything else. And he wouldn't do it because the obviously as God, he would know that he wasn't going to die of COVID or whatever because that wasn't the, that wasn't the will of God. So why would he wear one? And and for us. We know that he came, for us as Christians that know our, our Bible, we know that he came for all of us, that he came for each and every one of us, and that the church is his extension, and we are to minister to everyone. Just like Jesus would not have gotten leprosy by touching the leper, we know that 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 he he didn't shy away from that person. He went ahead and ministered to that person anyway. And that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to minister to everyone. It doesn't matter whether or not you have COVID. It doesn't matter whether or not you have HIV. It doesn't matter whether or not you're fully healthy. It doesn't matter. You're to be ministered to, and you are to, we are to be an encouragement to each other in growing spiritually. And that's what we're to do. We're supposed to worship together. We're supposed to pray together. We're supposed to encourage each other, fellowship, all of these things are mandates for the church. And when we start segregating each other out, that's where things go completely off the rails. You may agree with me, you may not agree with me on this one, but I definitely wanted to bring this to you. And you can always, always contact us at uncommonsensepodcast.com. Thank you very much for listening. This podcast is a production of Morganite Communications.